Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's May 7th, 1994, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Arian, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. So it was on this day in 1994 that Edvard Munch's most famous painting, The Scream, was recovered after being stolen that February. The theft had happened early in the morning. Norway is about to host the Winter Olympics in Lillehammer. And to celebrate the occasion, there is a big display in the National Art Museum in Oslo. But unfortunately, a team of thieves, led by former professional footballer Paul Enger, Basically, the easiest art heist ever, they climbed up a ladder, broke a window, snatched the painting, left a postcard that said, thanks for the poor security, and made off with it. (laughs) There's no need for that, is there? (laughs) It's very cheeky. He is the most amazing guy. The more you hear about him, the more you can't help but like him. He was an ex-professional footballer, played with the Norwegian club Valaranga. But apparently, even though this at the time this club had qualified for the Europa League, the wages were so low that pretty much everyone on the team had a side hustle. And had to be an art thief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were pushed into it. Well, but bizarrely, some of them, their side hustle was actually being policemen. Police. Hold on a minute. Hold on a hot second. Are you saying that some of his footballing associates that were on his team ended up then policing the theft he was responsible for? Not this theft, but a previous theft that he also Uh. did. His police buddies, or his footballing buddies, got wise to the fact that he was being incredibly profligate with his tracksuits. Apparently, he was throwing away his tracksuits at the end of each training session. And they were like, who is this guy just throwing away his clothes like they ain't nothing? When we were all Uh. obviously massively underpaid, they thought, what's he up to? And they then somehow through various circumstances, found out that he had this massive treasure trove, this side business of thieving and this picture, Vampire by Edward Munch. Especially in Norway, because even an H&M tracksuit in Norway is going to set you back a bit, isn't it? (laughs) Eight pounds for a beer. Then Paul Enger promptly went to prison. When he came out in 1994, a mystery admirer of his work commissioned him to steal the scream. And this person even said, you can do what you want with the painting. They didn't even want the painting. It makes sense in a way because it's far too famous to sell. Just to be clear, because some people we haven't actually said. So Edward Munch's The Scream is the thing that's on the scream mask, right? Just to give you a low culture reference. It's the, the man, open mouth, eyes wide open. Hands raised to cheeks, screaming, and everything behind him all swirly, right? It's like one of the most famous paintings of all time. And there are actually four versions of it, two pastel and two paint. They stole one of the two paint versions, though both of the painted versions have been stolen in their history. It's a very stealable painting. It does rather suggest that actually, like, art of value might be better in private hands. Like, I want them in museums so the public can see them, but museums don't seem to be able to look after them very well. (laughs) Well, to be fair, when the other copy was stolen in 2004, it was hanging on the wall by a wire and all they did was lean up and clip it with wire cutters and just walk out of the museum with it. Good tip, that, yeah. Yeah, they didn't learn a lot. How to take a picture down. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it transpired later that the person who had hired Parlanger was a member of the Tweiter crime gang who wanted to create a distraction. And while the police were out looking for the painting, they actually carried out multiple heists. Wow. 
And Paul Enger was not exactly the most subtle criminal. You may have already noticed he's got a bit of a flair for drama. Not only was he a suspect because he had previously stolen another <laughs> Munch painting, he <laughs> placed a newspaper birth notice when his son was born that said he arrived med escrick, meaning with a scream. He may as well have put a wink face emoji after it. <laughs> um, oh, a scream emoji these days. <laughs> and then he was caught shortly after in a joint sting by British and Norwegian expert police who arranged for him to pay him off posing as art dealers. And then they obviously promptly caught him. So the Metropolitan Police said, we've got 250 grand, we'll buy it. So that's how they did it, because you weren't expecting a Brit police officer to be on the case, even though it's like, as I say, one of the world's most famous paintings. I mean, fascinatingly, the fake identity that the police officer, Charlie Hill, who actually died this year, assumed when he was trying to convince Paul Enger to sell him the painting was as a representative of the Getty Museum. And I was like, okay, hang on. First of all, (laughs) would the Getty actually get in touch with an art thief and say, yes, please, we'd like to buy your painting? Either there's this whole underworld that I don't know about going on in the actual legitimate display of high and fine art or this was not the most subtle and cunning of ruses that Charlie Hill set up (laughs) but he recognized the artwork because apparently Hill had this amazing eye because Munch had actually blown out a candle and splattered some wax onto this version of the scream, you know, there were four, but this one had these, this particular and very recognisable wax on it, and he managed to see that and knew that it was the actual one. So you're probably wondering now what happened to Parlanger, because you can probably imagine that he did not go quietly. He was sentenced to six and a half years in prison. He briefly escaped in 1999 whilst on a prison outing and was captured 12 days later wearing a blonde wig and trying to buy a ticket to Denmark. He actually started painting during one of his stints in prison in 2007. And in 2011, he had his own exhibition of abstract works. However, if you're expecting this story to end with the rehabilitation of Paul Enger, in 2016, he was convicted of stealing multiple prints and paintings and sentenced to another few years in prison. Um, so, and what is it with doing the same crime? Like, do some, like <laughs> nick some lip seals from Superdrug or do something different? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the latest articles I could find from 2017, 2018, he's still quite pleased with himself. And he claims that Netflix are in talks to make a TV series about his life, which might actually be true, because I think it would be a pretty It would be quite good. good. I mean, we're making a podcast episode about it, and we haven't paid you anything, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of The Scream as a, as a painting? Because, I mean, it is one of the kind of like four or five most famous paintings in the world. Does it speak to you? I think it's cool. And in fact, one thing that I read about it is that a simplified version of it, you know, that quintessential face with hands next to it, yeah. was being considered by the US Department of Energy as one of the pictographs to symbolize in a non-language specific way danger from nuclear radiation. I think it does capture something about terror or fear or anguish that is quite interesting, really. The thing that does it for me is there's two blokes in the background walking along the bridge or whatever it is who were just getting on with their day. Like they might yeah, be but I think, yeah. don't, you, don't you think that makes it like more relevant than ever? Yes. Like it's about the anguish of the human condition and how mm. you can be in a perfectly normal setting, like a bridge with other people who are just enjoying the means to cross water. Yeah, Whereas, and yeah. you're, you're it, feeling like the whole world's yeah. swirling around you. It's an incredible painting. And I can definitely see why you would want to steal it and have it in your house. But I can also see why it would be extremely difficult to sell. Did you ever One do the- a happy painting, though, Munch? Or did he only do the sad ones? Because I looked up, like, if you Google Edward Munch, 
The other big one appears to be one called Melancholy, and the third one is one called The Sick Child. It's like the Radiohead of visual art. I mean, even when he did a sexy picture, it was the Virgin Mary. So there's always like a weirdness to the things that he painted. There's always baggage. Yeah. <laughs> probably found a thing that sold and it was miserable people on bridges and well that's but that's that's i guess why he did four versions of the scream isn't it True. actually like now that's what we're used to isn't it damien hurst doing endless dots but i guess he was actually ahead of that like a hundred years ahead of that people liked the scream so he just kept doing it absolutely <laughs> i was keen to find out whether the classic image i would say competitive with the original of macaulay culkin hands on face <laughs> on the home alone poster was a deliberate parody of the scream or not i have the answer here yeah what do you reckon rebecca i mean obviously home alone is so laced with allusions to classical art that it's easy to believe <laughs> that that could be intentional there are multiple intelligent creatives involved in that movie there are jokes for the grown-ups arian i reckon deliberate maybe it, it just looks too similar and Right. Macaulay Culkin wasn't, even in his heyday as a seven-year-old, wasn't that good an actor. <laughs> I think that Macaulay Culkin improvised it in the studio. So it's kind of both. So the answer is like, no, it wasn't a deliberate parody in the script, because you wouldn't think to do that in a kid's film because it's really weird. But Mac, on set, did the screen, put the hands on the face, and then forgot to take the hands away when he went, ah, and that was take one. <laughs> and they all fell about laughing. And then the executive from the film company saw the rushes that day and was like, that's an iconic moment. We need to keep that. I want all the posters to be a parody of The Scream with him doing that. It was intentional for the artwork for the film, but it wasn't in the script. Does that mean that the two figures on the bridge are the wet bandits? <laughs> yeah. Look carefully. And that is Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. And they're about to fall <laughs> into a load of paint. And it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> next time New Yorkers listening that's what we think you're all like <laughs> you're basically all Robert De Niro or Jackie Mason <laughs> love the show support the show patreon.com slash retrospectors part of the ACAST creator network save big money when you start your next project today at Menards check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock ready to take home today we carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards you can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com save big money